Get ahead of postage rate increases this year with Stamps.com. It's like your own personal post office. Sign up with promo code PROGRAM for a four-week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com code PROGRAM. It's so easy to be average. You know it as well as I know it. It takes a little something to be special, Don. It takes a little something special to be a great player. We don't have enough great players. To hell with that! We don't want to coach average. I don't want to be around you. Why be around average? I'm proud of our young people in the classroom, in the community, and most especially in 310 days in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on the football field. Three things. Number one, the team that hits the hardest and the longest, the team that starts the fastest, and the team is too damn smart to make mistakes. If you take it to them, if you don't make mistakes, and you keep taking it to them, hell, there's no question who wins. Buckeye Podcast, by fans, for the fans, where they hate that team up north as much as you do. It's time for the OHIO Podcast. OH! Hello and welcome back to the OHIO Podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Buckeye Boggs. That man over there is the wild man, Chris Wilds. That man down there is Sergeant MVP, Aaron Brown. And you are you, and we're thankful to have you with us this evening for another live episode of the OHIO IO podcast. We are brought to you by Fansided and ScarletandGame.com. Go over to ScarletandGame.com. Read all about your Buckeyes. Check out our podcast. All that good stuff. We are also the official Ohio State podcast of Big Banter Sports. We appreciate them. Go over to Big Banter, BigBanterSports.com. Check out the other 13 podcasts as well as the Big Ten Huddle. Uh, and other great shows that they have as well over there. Guys, you can catch us on Facebook, facebook.com backslash the Ohio podcast. We're over at the X. Uh, over on the X, we're at the Ohio pot, at the Ohio pot. And uh, you can go to our website, theohiopodcast.com. All right, guys, we we took a trip. I don't know where Chris went. He's taking a trip right now well, as well, apparently. But uh, we took a trip <laughs> over to West Lafayette, <laughs> Indiana. There he is, West Lafayette, Indiana. And uh, we had a great time. We're going to talk about that in the second part of the show, about our trip over to West Lafayette to be uh, to see some of the Boiler Express podcast guys. Ended up being a Boiler Express podcast guy. And uh, the other four didn't want to show up, apparently. Had to work, things of that nature. We understand that happens in life. But uh, we had a great time. We're going to talk about that in the second part of the show. But, guys, first part of the show, let's talk about the game itself. Your initial reaction, Sergeant MVP of Ohio State's 41-7 to victory over the Boilermakers. You know, it was a complete team victory. That's, I think that, I think a lot of people could agree with that. And I think we had a couple goals, you know, to get into this game. Number one was health, stay healthy. Number two was establish the run game. Well, we did a nice job of establishing the run game. However... I feel like we kind of failed a little bit on the health front with Denzel Burke getting dinged up, Chip Trianum getting dinged up. Um, so yeah, it's 
you know, 50-50 on that. But overall, it was a good team victory. Dallin Hayden looked good, looked real good, really. Um, Brown got in there. He got himself a touchdown, running and throwing. Could have had two, but he did fumble it. I went back and looked at it, and they had the good camera angle. So, uh, you know, we were kind of disputing it while we were at the game. <laughs> and uh, come to find out, he did fumble it about a yard short, roughly. But uh, he had a good game. You know, a couple of those uh, freshman wide receivers, Carnell Tate, Brandon Ennis, they had themselves a nice little game. So, you know, I can't really complain, man. I liked what I saw as a team victory, and that's what I like to see. Chris, your initial thoughts of yesterday's 41-7 win. Yeah, I'm with Aaron. I think we uh, had a good team victory. I think uh, McCord was solid. I think that uh, Dallin Hayden showed that, uh, you know, in the absence of the three guys who had been leading that running back room, more specifically the two guys, uh, that we still got plenty of firepower back there when we need it. Uh, You know, Harrison was what we expect Harrison to be, which is pretty much awesome anytime he steps on the field. Uh, Kate Stover looked great. And, uh, hey, guys, our defensive end's got a couple of sacks. Yeah, how about uh, that? That's uh, <laughs> something we hadn't been seeing a whole lot of, and I'm pretty excited about, you know. So, uh, yeah, I think it was a great all-around win. Uh, I, I, I feel like the old Denny Green comment comes for Aaron on this one. They are who we said they were, or they yeah. are who we thought they were. Aaron warned us that the film did not yeah. look good for Purdue. That offensive line is like literally their second string offensive line. Number one, they weren't good to start with. And then they suffered two offensive line injuries during that game. So yeah, our defensive line should have been feasting on that. You know, um, Harrison jr. Yes, you're right. He gets on the field. Looks great. He did have a couple drops though. But weather was definitely an issue. I mean, it rained. The field was wet. Natural turf. Field was wet. Balls wet, heavy, you know, you name it. There was a lot of going on there. Um, So was it a perfect game? No, but I'll tell you this much. I enjoyed the heck out of it. Uh, We'll get into that. Uh, (laughs) Our Boiler Express buddy, Dylan. Was there a game this weekend? Weird. I don't remember. You must have drank your sorrows away. Well, one team played a game this weekend, Dylan. You guys did hold kicking tryouts at the game. That's a fact. Yes. What quarter did you leave, by the way? Yeah, Dylan, tell us when did you when did you decide to check out? I mean, you had you had a lovely friend with you. I understand that there might have been some other, you know, more um, uh, uh, more successful avenues that you would want to go down Saturday, other than staying in the rain and watching uh, your team lose. But uh, yeah, that was uh, that was great. Oh my goodness, look at this! Look who's Lenny. up and partying. <laughs> partying in Nashville at the Redneck Riviera. You lose, Eric. You said that he wasn't going to be awake for the I show am today. Shocked. I am shocked. I did not think he would be up, but he is having <laughs> himself a time down at the Redneck Riviera. Uh, late in the third, Aaron is when Dylan there we go. checked out. <laughs> Earliest I've ever left a game in my life. <laughs> well, I I would say Dylan, you had a good excuse, buddy. You'd have, yeah. You had a you had a good excuse to. To punch that card out and head on out. Go ahead, Chris. What do you think happened first, Eric? Did uh, did Dylan leave the game earlier, or did USC turn their TVs off faster? Ooh, uh, Dylan left early. 
that thing was still questionable going into the fourth there. Um, but yeah, um, nice to see uh, USC get their teeth kicked in. Yeah, uh, by a two-loss Notre Dame team who was just more physical. Here, here's one for you. Check this out. Uh, Clemson went. Clemson in, went into uh, South Bend, Indiana last year and got their butt kicked. USC yep. went into South Bend, Indiana this year and got their butt kicked. Who did not get their butt kicked in South Bend, Indiana? That'd be us. Your OHIO Buckeyes. Donald Hoffer, I'm concerned for our O-line <clears> next <throat> week with Penn State. They played a decent game against lesser competition, but decent is not what's going to cut it in the next week. I agree, Donald, but there was. Fair um, enough. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I see the hard hat behind you. Well played. Good seeing you, dudes. Yes. Uh, right behind me here. Right there it is. That's the ch- Chris. That's the Chris Wilds Memorial Hard Hat Trophy. Yes. Yeah. We weren't Woo-hoo! sure if you were going to go to the game or be alive, really. So we memorialized it for you. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you very much. Hearts. It was just heart man. Pneumonia. Hearts. <laughs> I was. Louisville. I, I was going to drag myself to that game one way or the other. Yeah, how about this one? This is the most Louisville thing ever. Louisville beats Notre Dame, and they fall to a one and four pit team. Yeah, about right. Yeah, and then I love this one. Yeah, absolutely. Ohio State's three and zero in the state of Indiana. We go to Bloomington, we go to South Bend, we go to West Lafayette, and we beat all three of the big teams, big big three power teams in Indiana. First team, I, I, I looked this up. There's been two other Big Ten teams to do what we accomplished this year. Do you guys want to guess who they were? Team up north. That's one. They did it twice, actually. Wisconsin? Nope. Wow. You'll be shocked. Michigan State. Sparty. Sparty? Sparty had a rivalry with Notre Dame that is actually more extensive than the team up north does. Yeah. They have played Notre Dame more than than Wolverines have. I was shocked to learn that. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Sorry. I take my whole dance on Chris's grave comment. Take back my whole love you, Chris. All right, let's dive into some let's dive into some grades. All right, guys. So here's here's let's let's look at some of the numbers here real fast. Offensively, Ohio State had 334 passing yards, 152 rushing yards, for a total of 486 yards, seven uh, seven point zero yards per play, 24 uh, first downs. They were eight of 13 on third down. Did not attempt a fourth down try. They led to time of possession with 32 minutes and 21 seconds. They did have two turnovers, however, which was interesting. Uh, Aaron, your letter grade for the offense. Offense, I'm going to say a B plus. Even though they had almost 500 yards, you know, there was the issue with the turnovers. Um, I would expect us to run the ball on a defense that was that poor. So... You know, is the running game really, really that good? I don't know yet because we haven't done a good job when it mattered the most against better competition, as somebody pointed out here. But we did execute and we did perform like we feel like we should. So, you know, we didn't play down to Purdue. We did execute. It's just the two turnovers can't happen. I can't use weather as an excuse. When we go to play maybe even Penn State next week, but definitely when we play team up north at the end of November, there's going to be some weather, and they're going to have to learn to hold on to the ball. So B plus. 
Chris, your letter grade for the offense. Yeah, I, I went with a B plus as well. Uh, for me, it was about the turnovers and also the fact that as poor as they Purdue is, we still gave up three sacks to Purdue as well. And I think that's an issue. So I went with the uh, B plus as well. I'm 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 thinking about that comment you just made. It doesn't look good on the stat sheet, but I didn't feel it in the game. Does that make sense? Like I just didn't feel like they like Yeah, those sacks uh, no, and were... you're not wrong, but it but it did exist. I'm with you, Eric. I it didn't feel like it was that bad at the game, but on the stat sheet it looks ugly. Yeah, isn't that weird? Like it is. It, it, yeah, I think this is a good comment. We left some points on the field. We did. Yeah, yeah. but if we score yeah. forty-one with this defense, I don't care who we play. That's a dub. Absolutely. I really do. I feel like this this defense is so much more better than where we were two years ago, even a year ago. That when this offense is scoring forty-one points a game, it's gonna be an auto W. Um, so I went with an A minus. I think maybe I was a little bit more happier. I also understand it in my opinion. I didn't play football like Aaron did or coach football like Aaron has, uh, or Chris. I feel like the weather, it's hard to do run your whole offense when you have weather like that. Am I wrong? No, you're not wrong. It's difficult, but you, like Aaron said, you can't use it as an excuse. It just... It is you, what it is. You have to you have to make play calls based a little bit on the weather. You know, if it's snowing out and it's like, a, you know, accumulating, or better yet, you know what, we'll back it up. As rainy as it is, typically the old adage is we're going to see a lot more running. And I think we did see that. But I was actually surprised we threw the ball as much as we did. I was too. Weather. I was yeah, too. Yeah, so was I. Which I was glad to see because I think, hear me out, I think Ryan Day understands that this team has to be their <clears throat> own. They have their own identity. As much as he's been trying to force the run the last few weeks, I think he realized it's not our forte. It's just not who we're going to be. And so we're going to have to learn how to move the ball through the air in bad weather too because that just opens up the playbook for him. So learning how to throw the football in wet conditions – maybe even future snowy conditions and cold conditions. I mean, that's where the power of this team lies. When you have – I mean, we saw it with the freshmen. We threw our second-string freshmen out there, wide receiver, and they're balling, dude. With Devin Brown throwing it. Well, Devin Brown threw a pretty deep ball. So, I mean – He did. Let's, let's give he him did. credit there. All right, let's move it over to the defensive side. And, Nick Quint, this is a great question, and we're going to come back to this question, okay? So bookmark that. We're going to talk about this. We're going to, It's going to have its own – few minutes segment here defensively let's look at those stats real fast so defensively we gave up 134 passing <clears> yards <throat> 123 rushing yards for 257 total yards that was 3.7 yards per play they gave up 15 first downs they were three of 17 on third down so defense was getting off the field uh purdue ended up being two of three on fourth down 27 minutes and 33 seconds, total time of possessions, no turnovers created, although it was close. Defensive letter grade, I actually went with an A for the defense. Chris, we'll go with you first. What was your defensive letter grade? 
Yeah, I went with an A as well. Uh, you know, we, we I would have liked to have seen a turnover, but like I said, we finally got some uh, pressure from our defensive ends, got a couple sacks there, and I just thought they played very, very solid. And, and we had a listener mention it there a little bit ago, Eric, and I agree with them. I think if we didn't give Purdue a short field, this was a shutout. Yeah, make it three. I, I can't really argue any of that. It's because uh, when you give a team, you know, a, a short – short play short field to play on <laughs> they're gonna make something happen produce capable you know but so when you give them 20 yards to work with bad things are gonna happen and then they did score Purdue. they're still division one athletes you know they Correct. smashed illinois okay they absolutely destroyed illinois who beat maryland yesterday by the way or or yeah yesterday by the yeah. way which is crazy um, I mean, this is, they've been in every single game. This was the first time they got their door, their doors blown off was yeah. with us. Now we were the best team they've played so far. And I, th- I think for the most part, they knew that that was coming, uh, going to be, uh, coming to, uh, count here. So yeah. What would you say? What was your letter grade for the uh, defense there, Aaron? I missed it. What was it? A. A. So we yeah. all went with A's. Beautiful. All right. Let's go ahead and hand out Buckeye Leafs now, because I do want to get to that that comment, the question that Nick posted about what Ryan Day was doing with Brown in the red zone. I want to talk about that because I think that has a lot to do as we turn the page from Purdue and look ahead to this week's game with Penn State. Um, so let's go ahead and hand out some Buckeye leaves. Which one do you guys want to start with first, guys? Because there's there, this is going to be a lot of fun. So, uh, Chris, I'll let you go ahead and pick which one you want to go with first. All right, let's go with offense first. And okay. uh, for me, you know, there, there was a lot of guys I think we could have chosen from, but uh, I went with Cade Stover. I thought Stover was big in, in the blocking game when it came to the run, but, I mean, also four catches, 53 yards, two big touchdowns, uh, you know, average 13.3 a catch, solid game. Beautiful. Aaron, your offensive player of the game. I said Dallin Hayden. I think he had 11 carries for 76 yards, which is good yeah. for, I think, 6.9. I'm no math magician, but That's I think six, 6.9 yards per carry and a, a touchdown. So uh, he almost had two if he had recovered that fumble from Devin Brown, but uh, he had just, it just got away from him. That's, that's what happens when the ball's wet, I suppose. But, yeah, Dallin Hayden for me. Are right, you guys ready for this? Let's have it. Don't say Devin Brown. No. I'm going to go two, one for Kate Stover and one for Dallin Hayden. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to do my Aaron Brown impersonation there. I'm going to give, I'm going to hand out two. Uh, yeah. I thought the both of those guys had good games and uh, based off of my offensive play of the game, I felt like I needed to recognize those two. Before so, we switch over, I just got one question, Eric. Mm-hmm. Have we become desensitized to the greatness that is Marvin Harrison? Because the guy did go out and have six catches for 105, average 17 and a half, a ca- you know, a catch and a touchdown. Yes I kind of feel like we, we've become a little yes desensitized no. to just how yes good he is. No. I, think, I think if he holds on to that second touchdown catch, it's different. Yeah, I agree. You know, and he, he did have two drops other than that one yeah. that would have given him probably about 140 yards. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. and then when you have the two touchdown performance from Stover and that first one was behind his body. Oh, that know, he had yeah, to adjust sh- for. Yeah. And then the, you know, and then he has the, the catch that made one. us all famous. <laughs> there you go. <yeah>. <laughs> was that, that the play? On TV, <laughs> that was the on play. The peacock. 
you know, and then, uh, yeah, go ahead. It, it was really unfair that they sat the three best looking men in the stadium together like that in the corner. Nobody uh, else would, had a chance. Now, why would you say that about yourself and the two people sitting in front of us? Well, <laughs> hey, that guy was really nice, though. He was he was awesome, dude. The guy he sitting was. in front of me was yeah. hilarious. Man. He was. He was from the state of Illinois, and uh, he had decided that he was going to uh, get on TV <laughs> is what he decided. Uh. Robert says Xavier for his offensive player of the game. Nick Quint says uh, Dallin Hayden as well. And we had Sammy. Oh man, I'm I'm way behind on uh, on uh, these. I'm sorry, everybody. Brian Ober said his offensive player game was Harrison. Um, is this pronounced Bilal? Pronounce Bilal. that for me. Bilal. Bilal. Okay, thank you. Bilal. Sorry if I mispronounced that, my friend. They all need to watch Kate Stover's fumble recovery. He was calm and collected. Yes. Yeah. That is a good that point. That was huge. That is. Yeah. He did not panic. That is right. He just kind of slowly came in and fell on it the right way. Like, yeah. I know that they practice this. I know they do this. You but know? so many people try to pick it up. They do. Yeah. And he just they did do. the right thing. Yeah. yeah. Brian said Harrison and Stover was his. Yes. Yes, he said correct. <clears throat> Thank you. There we go. Bilal. Bilal. What was it? Bilal? Bilal. Bilal. Okay. I'll try to remember that. Uh, yeah, Sammy said that's a that's a leader. Yeah. All right, let's go over to the defensive player of the game. Aaron, I'll let you go first. Defensive player of the game for me, Jack Sawyer. What? I feel like, hey man, first game of the of the season that he really showed up. He got himself in on a sack. I don't know what his complete stat line was. I haven't seen him yet, but um, uh, I know he I can help you out with that, Aaron. It was three tackles, two solo. Tackle and a half or for loss, and the other tackle and a half was uh, for sacks. Okay. Does it show how many pressures he got? Does not show the pressures. Yes, people right. didn't do that. You're going to have to go to PFF to find that. Okay, yeah. I don't really count on them too much anyway, but... I don't either. Yeah, they. Uh, I just feel like Captain Jack had himself a game. You know, maybe the stats don't show it, but he was in there. I mean, we watched everything the kid did, and we just we were talking about it in the stands. How we mm -hmm. just he hasn't played like that all season. So I was I'm going to give him a Buckeye leaf. Mm -hmm. Now I remember what I said before the game started. I go, they got Jack on the left side. That that right tackle was terrible. Yeah, and so it was he, bad. Yeah, he he had himself a good game. So, um, yeah. All right, uh, let's go with Chris. What do you got for uh, defensive player of the game? Can I give one to the entire defensive line because they just look that good? Yes, you can. I have done yeah. that before. It is within the rules of the game. Do it. I mean, honestly, we got – I was going to go with just JTT and Jack. No, nah, dude. But then give I it thought, to all four. I thought I can't do that because Tyreek and, and Mike Hall Jr. were just so disruptive yeah. up the middle that I, I, I've got to do it. i got to give it to the entire defensive front four, Eric. i got to do it. They deserve it. You make my job trying to make these graphics so difficult. Thank you. Yeah, thank you. No problem. Yeah. Uh, mine was Cody Simon. Um, how many times have we talked about him this year? So let's say none that I can remember. And uh, he led he was team solid. tackles. He led team tackles with uh, Tommy Eichenberg, didn't he? <clears throat> yeah, Chris, and they both had a tackle for loss. Yeah, they both both had eight. Uh, in fact, Simon actually had five solo, where Eichenberg only had four solo. So he is the actual stat line leader for the day. 
Okay, well, that that makes me feel good about it. Even though I didn't look at the stats, I just felt like Cody Simon. I heard his name a lot. I felt like he was playing solid. I mean, I did. What was the longest play for scrimmage that that Purdue had? Maybe Give like me one second. I'll have that um, for you. Maybe it like was 20 the, yards. Maybe no, nah, it was a pass play, and I think it went for like thirty or forty something. Um, I can't remember. It who was the... no longest play from scrimmage was thirty-five yards. Yeah. It was a so completed pass to Mershon Rice. So That's we it. still we still hold on to our forty uh, no forty yards or more play, <clears throat> which we, yes. it was us and Rutgers and one other team in college football that had had done that defensively. And outside of that, there was nothing over fifteen. Outside that one play, I think Robert means Igbenosen right here. Mm-hmm. He's one of us, uncultured swine. But, but but you you know the, you, you know it's not a great game, but he was the one who got beat on that slant for a touchdown, I believe. Wasn't but he? it wasn't a, that okay. was Igbenosa. Yeah, it was yes, but he, it wasn't like he was burnt, dude. No, it no. was it was tight coverage, but he he was know, he right was the there. One who gave I, it up. We jokingly said if his arm was as long as Sonny Styles, he would have knocked that down. Because, There's some truth to oh, that, yeah. though. There That's really true. is. He was just a few inches short of getting a fingertip on that ball and knocking it down. Hey, and, and I love the guy. He just he brought a whole new level of physicality to that defensive backfield. Oh, I love it. I love it absolutely. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. a tough play, dude. A, a slant at the li- at the goal line is so hard to defend. So I'm not <laughs> even mad. Tyleek's belly rub. Yes, so, it is. Did he amazing. do a, Did he do another belly rub? I must have. Yeah, he did another uh, belly rub. I didn't I see it, it either. That's what I do after every meal I eat, right there. <laughs> Good job, Sarah. <laughs> that lady sitting next to Chris probably. <laughs> Never mind. We'll get to that later. <laughs> yes. Remind yeah. me to tell the story about that. Okay. <laughs> you guys are going to want to hang around for the second part of the show just for the, the kicks and giggles from Chris, man. Um, all right. So let's wow. go over to uh, the offensive play of the game, Chris. Uh, for me, it was Cade uh, Stover making that big uh, touchdown uh, grab. You know, it was a little bit behind him. He had to reach out and really grab it and bring it in. And, uh, I, he did a great job on it. Aaron? Yeah, same one. Uh, he did exactly what he should do. Had he waited for the ball to get there, that was an interception because there was a defender right yep. there with his hands out. So he he played some football. He took he the ball away. He, he did. He did. He reached out, snatched out of the air for a touchdown. All right, so mine is different, and it really wasn't at a significant part of the game. It was basically the nail in the coffin, but uh, Devin Brown's 58-yard touchdown pass to um, uh, Brandon Ennis. That was his. That was Brandon Ennis's first catch and touchdown as a Buckeye. And I did not realize Won't how be the last. fast. I did not realize how fast he was. Run. He ran away from that defense. It was back. a beautiful thing to actually see a receiver hit in stride, though, wasn't it? It was. We haven't seen that this season. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. There you, there you go. Uh, uh, Robert says his offensive play of the game was the opening kickoff. What happened? Purdue opening received kick- it. Opening kickoff was us kicking off. Yeah, I was going to say, we didn't even get the ball. Was that defensive play of the game? Maybe. Oh, he's just saying we've owned we owned it we owned the game since the the opening kickoff. Is what he was ah, since the opening kickoff. Yeah, to. we sure did. I got, I got you, Robert. Yeah. Uh, Sammy agrees with me. Devin Brown and NSTD was the offensive play of the game. I was, it was beautiful. It was. It was. Well, I, it was. It was a perfectly perfect. thrown ball. It really was. Yeah, in stride, man. 
I mean, it was gorgeous. Uh, all right, let's go over to the defensive player hit of the game. And I struggled with this one, guys. Yeah. Uh, I was like, what am I? And so here I came up with it. Here's what I came up with. The JT Tuamalua. I pronounced it right. I've been practicing. Debatable. And Jack and Jack <laughs> Sawyer. It's Tuamalua. Tuamalua. Mm-hmm. I just JTT. We'll just go with that. And <laughs> Jack and Jack Sawyer's <laughs> double sack is my defensive yep. play of the game. I, whenever those two can can meet and have a moment together in the backfield with a quarterback. I think that that's a beautiful thing. We re- that's something that really yeah. should be celebrated. Yeah. Yes. All right. Agreed. Aaron, I can't go I, any other I, way. I have the same one. <laughs> oh, you guys both agreed with me? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hey, look I got at it this. Even okay. our fan base is telling us we're uncultured swine. Okay. It's time to, it's time we get a t-shirt made, right? I've been saying this for at least three and a half years. <laughs> the OHIO podcast. We are uncultured swine. Let's hashtag it up, guys. Uncultured Let's do it. swine. All right, all right. Be on the lookout for the new, uh, the new OHIO podcast. I, I don't they know. Still hashtag. What are you talking about? Somebody does. I don't know. Uh gosh, that's funny. Yes, Nick's like, yeah, I'll agree. Uh, I'll get one. There you go. That's worth it. There, just saying it. Uh, Devin Brown, Sammy Poston said Devin Brown and NSTD. He agrees with me. Brian Oberst, Brown to NS play of the game. He agrees with me as well. Sam, <clears throat> smart guy. I like it when you all agree with me. I like that positive affirmation. I love that. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick commercial break. When we come back, we're going to talk about our trip because it there was a lot that went on. Not There was a lot you guys didn't see that went on <laughs> that you guys need to know about, okay? That even in the game itself, like what is happening moments. And so we're going to talk all about that when we come back from our commercial break. Have questions ready too, because we're going to answer your questions. And we also are going to get into that question that was asked about the quarterback situation in the red zone. So um, make sure you do that. Oh, yes. Agreed. Brian Oberst, the play of JT and Sawyer sandwich sack. Ooh, I like that. A sandwich sack. I've never heard that before. Have you heard that one, Aaron? Not in that context. I like it. <laughs> I do too. I'll I take it. Like, I kind of like that. That's cool. All right. Hang tight. Hang tight, everybody. The OHIO podcast is brought to you by Mastermind. Mastermind specializes in 360 degree high definition mobile video mapping, GIS integration, and traffic safety studies. Mastermind cares about traffic safety and keeping you safe on the roadway. Visit Mastermind at OnlineMastermind.com. All kind of t-shirt ideas now. We're getting the idea of a sandwich sack t-shirt. That would be a pretty good one too. Hummus Hero. Hey, now Kyle hit Marv in full stride for that 75-yard against Western Kentucky. It's just Marv had the DB beat so bad it didn't matter. That's true. I, I actually believe Marv had to slow down for that one, though. I think Marv had to slow down for both those big 70-plus yarders. Well, but it didn't matter. I mean, it, it didn't matter, but I'm just saying it wasn't in stride. Oh, okay. Marv had to break stride to complete the, to catch the pass. Yeah, there we go. Um. All right, so let's start here, guys. So um, one of the things we're going to be doing with our show, since we are a part of Big Banter, is we're going to go on the road once every year at least to another Big Ten school 
to have to, uh, to just go to the game and hang out, hopefully with some of the other podcasters, uh, and meet some of you. Uh, we met one of our listeners uh, uh, on our way walking back from the stadium, which was really cool. Um, so that was great, and uh, we just want to do more things like that. Um, we always one of the things we always do, and and we're gonna let you know about this here in just a second as well but we always go to pittsburgh that's kind of one of the trips we always take uh this, this upcoming week we're going to be at ryan wickerham's uh, tailgate and so we'll be walking around the tailgate area on the northwest section lot of st john arena so we will be there for the penn state game bright and early this saturday morning uh hanging out with all buckeye fans and last year we hung out with some Iowa fans at that tailgate and had us an interesting time. They were uh, wild, dude. Yes, they were. <laughs> uh, we're not sure what kind of Penn State fans we might run into at these tailgates, but uh, we're going to be. I bet they won't that. have any trophy near as interesting. No, they. Yeah, yeah. Let's just go back and listen to the Iowa show from last year if you want to know about that. Um, <laughs> filthy, <laughs> filthy trophy. Any, <laughs> any, anyway. Um, we're going to be doing that this Saturday. So if you happen to be going to the Penn State game, let us know. Send us a message. Email us at theohiopodcast at gmail.com. Instant message us on Facebook. Um, however you want to get a hold of us, try to get a hold of us. Let us know, hey, we're going to be there, uh, and uh, we want to be able to meet up with you guys. So uh, absolutely want to meet all of you and have a good time before the Penn State game. Um, so we're going to be going to at least one road game every year. Okay. This year we chose to go to Purdue for a couple reasons. And number one, it's because the Boiler Express podcast has become very good friends with us and, uh, we have enjoyed, uh, bantering with them and oh my gosh, did their team give us so much material to make fun of them with. They really did. Great group of guys though. Oh yeah. Great group of guys. I love all them guys. They're awesome. And so let's just let's just start here. We knew <clears throat> the night before this was going to be interesting because when we get to our hotel, the majority of that hotel was filled up with who, Chris? Oh, it was nothing but Buckeye fans at the hotel, Eric. It was ridiculous. I mean, it, and we were the next we morning were, when I went down to breakfast. It was the same way. Yeah, when we were we were in Lebanon, <coughs> Indiana, which is just north of Indianapolis. And uh, it's about 45 minutes from West Lafayette. And I'm thinking, we're probably far enough away from Lafayette that we won't see too many. No, we saw nothing but Buckeyes in that hotel. So I knew right away, okay, this is going to be interesting. Um, As far as the crowd is concerned, it was supposed to be a sellout. However, the weather detracted some Fairweather fans for not showing up. But I would say 40% Ohio State fans. Oh, higher at least. than that. You think? I probably, think so. Probably, probably 50% Ohio State fans, another no, 10 to 15% empty seats. Yeah. And then, no, because look at that what student was left section. Was, was Purdue. The student section was at least a third of the stadium, and it was all Purdue fans, obviously, because they were students. That's my interpretation. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. You take away the students, it was 60-40 Ohio State adults. You agree? Yeah. It was definitely yeah. more Ohio State fans than Purdue fans if you take the students out of it. Well, shoot. I mean, I feel like even like All our I side. Know is Purdue fans have no heart. They don't. Sorry, Purdue except fans for one have guy. no heart. There was did, one guy. Did you? Except the one guy. 
That's there was it. one guy. But <laughs> did you see, you know, I don't know if you saw them there. And Eric and I looked at the tickets the night before the game with the rain forecasted. Tickets were going for $20 a seat. For $100 plus tickets going for $20 a seat. Yeah. That, uh, that'll Ridiculous. burn your soul a little bit. <laughs> All right. So we roll, we roll up, we park in the Northwestern parking garage. Yeah. Purdue on their campus has a garage called the Northwestern parking garage. Now it's because of the direction of the garage, but still guys, <laughs> come on. And, um, we we're, we're walking towards the stadium, uh, and, you, you walk up on the stadium and it's, it's not like, you know, when you walk up onto the shoe and you're kind of just like, it's so massive. It's like, I mean, it's, it's kind of breathtaking the first time you get to do it. But I mean, I've been, I've seen the stadium since I was a kid and things. So to me, it's, it's second nature. But as a, as a, you talk to people who come to Ohio state for the first time and watch a game mm -hmm. and they talk about just the sheer, the sheer size of Ohio stadium Purdue stadium felt to me like a Mac school. Dude, there, there I, are, I know what you're about to say. There are high school stadiums in Texas bigger, aren't there? Uh, not bigger, but about the same size. Yeah. Legitimately. It's 50, I think Chris, you looked it up, right? 57,000 capacity. 57. <clears throat> yeah. So it's yeah, about 53 or 57, something like it's that. It's yeah. half the size of the shoe. Um, but I will give, I will give the, 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 I will give Purdue credit. It was a really cool place to watch a football game. It was like a good atmosphere. Oh, it was great. You yeah. could high five the players. I mean, you yeah. were that close to the field. Yeah. So, you know, and even when you sit close at Ohio stadium, you're so far back. You know, it's not like that here. Like, this is a very intimate setting, um, a very old school feel to it as far as yeah. how close you get to the field. Um, so that was neat. Um, I will also say this. Despite the fact that we had a lot of Ohio State fans, at the beginning of the game in the first quarter on third downs, that place got loud. It did. Could have done without the train whistle every third down. Right. <laughs> God. that's their thing though you know I, the you game know. was over at halftime like stop with the sound effects <laughs> <laughs> we get it dude it's third down yeah yeah so don't tell them that because let me tell you that little lady sitting right beside me man she thought they were gonna come out and dominate the second half okay, she was let's, excited let's get oh, to yeah. her in one second okay let's get to her in one second but let's let's also say this i can see given what we were experiencing that first quarter with with that, the how that in 2018, that place was just lit. Yeah. Like that. I could, I could totally understand how that took place. All right, Chris, tell the story <laughs> of how we get to our seats and, um, we're sitting next to, uh, we'll just call her, um, Karen. no, she was actually a very nice lady. Not at first. Not, I was going to so use, first, I was going to use the, the word, a witchy boilermaker. She she rubbed Aaron the wrong way. It wasn't one of the nice Tyreek Williams belly rubs that Eric got. It was she rubbed Eric, I think, a little bit the wrong way when we sat down because she looked over at us and said, "Hey, can you guys scoot down? You're in my season ticket spot." I well, like how she used the I, word season tickets. Yes, yes. yes. I said, yeah. "Well, we have nine, ten, and eleven. 
And she goes, well, you guys are down too far. So she looks down at Eric at this point and says, hey, can you slide down a little bit? And Eric, without missing a beat, turns to her and replies, no, we're fat. (laughs) (laughs) To which Aaron, I think, kind of looked over at Eric like, well, I'm not fat, but you know. (laughs) Okay, okay, listen. Let me tell you, I don't think she knew what to do with that because I didn't know what to do with that at this point. I didn't either. The guys behind us were dying, dude. They were dying. They were dying. They said we're Big Mac loving Americans. Leave us alone. Like, I'm 200 pounds, okay? And I'm between Chris and Eric. 200 look, pounds of Talk about a sandwich. Holy yeah. smokes. I look tiny compared to these two. Like, uh, That lady made my day. She really was very nice through the majority of the game. She and was. let me tell you, I, I have honestly can also say I sat next to her during the national anthem and she sang every word of it and my God, she had a lovely singing voice. I've I've sat next to some people who make you wish you were next to Roseanne think, singing the national anthem, but this lady had a lovely singing voice, and she was very sweet during the rest of the game. So, you know, even though Eric, you know, took a little exception, I'm just <laughs> being she, honest she with her. Funny. I had she nowhere was. else to go. I'm like, I'm in 11, sweetheart. If if Chris and me and uh, a sandwich Aaron to where Aaron has to go sideways yeah. and we're still and taking up your spot. And at points in the game, spot, he was. <laughs> I, I didn't have a choice. Like, that was for survival. <laughs> well, thankfully, Ohio State blew Purdue out so bad that by the third quarter, we were spread out, what, second row, third row, first row. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We could have gone wherever we wanted to at that point. Thank yeah. God they showed up that game. <laughs> uh, but yeah, the, so for the most part, the people we sat around were, were great. We had a lot of fun with them. The couple it was all Ohio the, State fans except for the 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 couple next to me and the what the, the little group maker. of five right right in front of them. Yeah, well, the young couple who had the kid that they held up, you know, when they were yeah. doing the show, us your kid thing. Uh, but he was really cool. He was he, he was, was cool. Yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, he was good. And the two the two uh, the two younger guys who were uh, kind of showed up late. Oh yeah, and they were like totally embarrassed and then left. <laughs> they stuck around for like a quarter and yeah. a half. Yeah, they yeah. were great. But the pe- the couple and then there was that guy up there in in, in the, the bleachers, way on up there, all by himself after his friends had been. Okay, him. the let's lone give wolf. A, yeah, let's give a let's <clears throat> give a Buckeye leaf to one Boilermaker fan after his entire section of student student section leaves. The game, he is there mid-third quarter by himself in the entire section, and they kept putting the camera on the poor guy, and he's got his little black pom-pom. We'll call him Blue Jeans you know Man. That's, that's a fan right there, Eric. That's a fan. Let's Billy, give him some love. Billy Boilermaker Blue Jeans, yep, out there all by himself, man. Dylan, and I'm stayed, challenging you to find this young man and get him on your show. That'd be awesome to the bitter end, man. That guy is a true, true fan. Um, so, uh, Buckeye, Buckeye sticker for him, buddy. All right. Um, by the way, the couple sitting to the left of me 
came to that game, stayed yeah. to the end of the third quarter, and then left. And they went to the uh, Notre Dame uh, USC game. They took. They were having themselves a great sports weekend, man. Yeah, yeah, I mean, how great is it that you get to see Ohio State, Notre Dame, and USC all on the same weekend? Yeah, that's amazing. Same day. That's that's yeah. awesome. Um, okay, so let's talk a little bit about what was happening during the commercials that you you all might have saw or come back from commercial <laughs> on Peacock, and they might have said something about it. Here's what's going on. All right, so let's be honest. Purdue should have at least had about what 13 points. Uh, well, they had seven. Probably should have been 16. They had three field yeah, goals. Yeah, well, 16. one of them was deep, but the other two were definitely should have been made. Mm-hmm. Is what I'm okay, saying. Okay, so so, so he goes two. Yeah. He goes two for three. He gets six. Should be 13, right? All right. So I don't know how much because I don't have Peacock, so I haven't gone back and watched the game. Um, but during the commercials, on not one, but two occasions. They brought students out onto the field to kick field goals for like prize money and yeah, the first one was a thousand dollar, a thousand dollars cash and a thousand dollars scholarship. And the second one was a huge one because that's the kid who had to do three in a row. He had to do in three jeans. in a row. He's doing and, it in yeah. jeans, and it was from what the twenty, the thirty, and the forty. Twenty. Of- was it 20, so. 30, 40? I think so. And he had, and he had 45 seconds to get them all in. 45 all seconds in. to make all three, okay? And Aaron turns to me and he goes, Aaron, tell him what, tell everybody what you told me. Because it was like, oh, yeah, you're right. Yeah, because, I mean, they had already – I think they had already missed all three two of the field. Two of them at that time, I think. Okay, two of them at the time, and yeah. they just – it was terrible. Um, and I just turned to Eric and said, you know what this is? It's a tryout because they <laughs> – I mean, both their scholarship kickers are trash. They are not good. So for a kid to come out of the stands in blue jeans with 45 seconds to hit three field goals from increasing length, and he did it. In front of 53,000 people. Yeah. They need to get that kid on the roster. You know what? San Francisco might take a look at him as well. I kid you not. (laughs) I kid you not. I really do think this was a tryout. I mean, I, I it wouldn't be it. surprising. I really do believe that this was something that they had maybe thought about. And we need to do some tryouts here. Yeah, because this this game was not the first game that they've had issues no. kicking the ball. They were 6 of 12 in field goals coming into the game. Yeah. And they leave going now 6 of 15. Like, this is an issue for them. Mm. And so how crazy is that? That you're having <clears throat> kicking tryouts during a Big Ten game during the commercial break. Like, that's nuts, oh, man. Smart strategy, though. That is flat-out nuts, uh, in my opinion. Um, All right, guys, what else do we need to talk about from this? this Let's talk about something else that was a little bit crazy. You know, you had this sold-out stadium, but was nowhere near capacity, right? Aaron, do you remember the people complaining about the concessions? Yes. What, (laughs) at at halftime, was it? Yeah, oh, halftime. Yeah. They, they sold ran out of food. <laughs> yeah. They ran, ran out, out of food, food at halftime. And How drinks. How does that even happen? Dude said they had no Pepsi or Coke or whatever they were, whatever they have there. Dude said they didn't have any of that either. They ran out of everything. While we're on the subject of food, Aaron, you got you to tell them about your favorite food that you've ever had at a football game. How about your chicken strips, Aaron? <sighs> I paid – Eight dollars, all right, for some chicken strips. For three, 
for three chicken strips that were nuggets. <laughs> they were like, I don't know, probably half an inch bigger than than McDonald's nuggets. They weren't even that good. They were lukewarm. <laughs> uh, I don't know, dude. The hot so, dogs that we we paid seven bucks a piece for were definitely uh, they, they 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 were not good. Robert said yeah, it that was, they did. It was a pretty rich. They did show one one that's that they said might need to join the team. <laughs> Whoa! If the announcers said that, ouch. And Peacock ouch. announcers were trash from what I've been seeing. From what I heard, they were terrible. Yeah. All right, so one final thing: if you haven't yet, and you do have the Peacock, go back and you watch the um, the first touchdown Kate Stover had. You know the the one where, yeah, one where um, uh, Harrison juggles it, and then they come back on the next play. Stover catches the <clears throat> touchdown. They scan through the crowd real fast. They say touchdown, and there we are. So we we made we made the TV. So. Um, Uh, what was this? Let's see this. I'm gonna get with this suggestion <laughs> for their field. <laughs> Instead of having the generic X on the 35 yard line, Purdue should have railroad crossing X signs. That's kind of a cool idea. I mean, everything what else is? there is railroad, man. They've got trains and everything well, else going on. You know what? And how about how about your your recommendation for getting rid of shot, Eric? Okay. Yeah. Oh, please, please do away with that. Go well, ahead, Eric. Yours, yours made so much more sense. It does, and it's better too. So one of the traditions that they have there, and then remind me, guys, after this, let's talk about Tyler Trent's family, and then let's talk about the quarterback situation to finish yes. out. Um, yeah, so their tradition, so their hang on Sloopy is Shout. Uh, the, the, the song Shout from, um, what movie was that? From, in, from Animal House. It's Animal uh, House. Otis Day. Yeah, 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 Otis yeah, Day. yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, that's their tradition. And I've heard the 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 Purdue Boilermaker uh, Boiler Express guys talk about how they hate it. They're like, when you're getting your butt kicked, no one wants to sing shout. It's not fun. It's not. It, you know, I think they should do Crazy Train from Ozzy Osbourne. Yes. And they and they should bring someone out new that they want to bring out for that to kind of be like, hey, here's the celebrity, here's here, or the the past player, or the the president, or whoever. And they all yell, all aboard, and then the, the song starts. That would fit more of their choo-choo um, craziness that they've got going on with their trains, in my opinion. I think, and I'm not the creator of that. I actually heard them talk about that on their podcast, so I want to give them credit for it. But they need to do that, for real. That would be much better. Uh, Donald Hoffer, Aaron, help me out here. Is this an Army thing? Yes, it's it's. Those chicken strips were from the DFAC dining facilities. What a DFAC is. Okay. All right. <laughs> they they right. tasted like it too, for what it's worth. <laughs> um, so if you ever get a chance to go to um, West Lafayette, even if it's not for a football game at Purdue, go out to the stadium and check out what they've done for the, the Trent family. Now, Tyler Trent was the young man who died of cancer in 2018, who they rallied around in that big home game. Who, where he said the one thing he wanted to see before he passed away was uh, Purdue beat Ohio State, and Lord Jesus made that happen, and there was nothing Urban Meyer or anybody was going to do to stop that from happening. That night was all about that young man, and and Purdue laid the wood to us, okay? Can't go back and change it. It's what it is. But the Trent family was there, 
And this was a special not a day on campus to raise awareness and money for cancer research through mm-hmm. the Cancer Research Institution there at Ohio uh, at Purdue. And uh, so the Trent family was there, and it was really really cool. And they have a lot of really great things, including a um, a Trent um, Memorial Gateway. Yeah, Memorial yep. Gateway. And there was a plaque, plaque, but we never, yeah, we never found the plaque. I never saw it, but um, it's there on their stadium. And the, the 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 Trent family was there to do the whole let's stand and shout thing that needs to change. Um, but and then his and then ESPN on game day, which I posted on both Twitter and on our Facebook page, <clears throat> had a special story about Tyler's younger brother, who in 2018 was just a little teenager then who's now a walk-on lineman on the football team. And that is a great family. That is an amazing family. They need to be acknowledged and they should be celebrated for their courage and all that they have done in Tyler's name to raise awareness and money for the university for cancer research. Very much a Spielman feel to it. If you guys catch my drift yeah. from all those years ago when Chris Spielman's wife passed away and they raised all that money for the, um, Stephanie Spielman, Stephanie, thank yeah. you, Stephanie, Stephanie Spielman, um, foundation. foundation. And it was awesome. And, and I felt this is going to sound really weird. Even though we lost in 2018, I feel proud that we're a part of this. If that, I know that sounds weird, but if you're gonna get, if you're gonna gonna suffer an L, I feel like this is the way to do it. Yeah, agree. You know? Yeah, because we really, yeah. even though we lost the game as a as a society as human beings, we really won because of what that young man has been able to accomplish. And a lot of that is because of the game that was played that night and how it went down. Isn't that something? It's kind of crazy. Some things are really just bigger than football games, guys. They really are. Um, it, that was neat to get to experience that um, on this trip because this was the first time back since 2018. They knew we were. This is the first time we were coming back since 2018, and they wanted Ohio State to feel a part of it, even though it, they weren't doing it as like rubbing it in our face. None of it was like, "Hey, ha ha ha!" 2018. It was not like that at all. No. It was, hey, we want to thank you for being a part of our story. I thought that was pretty cool. What what do you guys think? Yeah, it, I, it was very classy. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm I'm on board with both of you guys. Classy, proud to be a part of it. If I'm gonna lose a game, that's the one I'd like that if I have to, that's the way I'd do it. Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. Uh Nick said they said on the broadcast his brother is a freshman on the team. He is. He's a freshman walk on. Yep, Robert, walk on. You got it. Yep, there you go. Okay, Ryan Day has put some stuff on film for James Franklin to think about. <clears throat> I do not think that this was a let's try it and see throwing um, Brown in at quarterback inside the red zone. This was done on purpose to give James Franklin pause, and it was obvious that they have been working on this because there was not just one play. There was some wrinkles off of this play, um, some read option going on. Aaron, you're the football guy. You're the film guy. What was Ryan Day doing with this? What, what's your opinion of this? He might be trying to open up the offense a little bit. You know, I think there's it's a combination of things. I don't think it's just one. Um, I tend to think that a lot of 
a lot of what Ryan Day does is the result of a combination of things he's trying to do. And I think the success that we had trying this experiment, because well, I shouldn't call it an experiment because I'm with you, Eric. I think they've been working on this, and I think that Ryan Day finally felt comfortable putting in that package. Um, but for Devin Brown, you know, think Tim Tebow. We may see a jump pass. Chris alluded to that Saturday during the game. Uh, we may see a jump pass against Penn State. Um, and I think that that is the result of, and I, I hate to use this word because it's not exactly true, but I won't even use it, a struggling offense. Okay. So instead of just run past Kyle McCord and then whoever running back, whatever running back we have with the wide receivers, He's throwing in the option of, well, now you have to prepare for whatever Devin Brown's going to do too. And he showed them, not only can Devin run a read option, he can also throw the ball a little bit too. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, he's opening up the playbook a little bit, and he is, like you're saying, Eric, he's giving James Franklin something to think about, more to prepare for. I don't think it was a mistake it was the game before. No, it wasn't. This This was definitely a timed decision. Chris, your thoughts? Yeah, I agree 100%, Eric. You know, excuse me. I think this is definitely something they've been working on. In fact, you and I listened to his brief press conference after the game on the the ride home, and he had mentioned the fact that they have more parts to this package. So I believe that this is something that – and Aaron doesn't want to say struggling offense, but let's face it. We have had difficulties in short yardage and goal line situations – and I think this gives us an option that is is going to, A, I think increase the potency of our, our scoring offense, but also I think that it, uh, you know, it, it is. It's going to give James Franklin now and uh, Jim Harbaugh down the road a whole lot that they got to prepare for. And who knows what the next wrinkle is? Who knows when we might see Xavier Johnson back there? With, with a few plays in, in a wildcat-type formation. Who knows what day may pull out of the hat? Because I'm telling I, you, yeah. I don't think I don't think this is the only wrinkle he is going to bring out. Just because I think that he sees that we're struggling short yardage <clears throat> right now, and this is going to give him more options. I definitely can – to your point, Chris, I definitely could see Xavier in the backfield – with Devin, and then Devin yes. goes in motion and becomes the lead blocker, and Xavier takes the direct step. Yes. That is a wrinkle I could see happening. As the field shrinks, I feel like the playbook for this offense with McCord at quarterback also shrinks with it. It does. Um, <clears throat> and so, do they have red zone plays with McCord at quarterback? Of course, we've seen them. Most of them are passing plays to the tight end or to roll out, get a, you know, on a comebacker or a back shoulder fade throw. Um, if not bringing in the jumbo package and then trying to run the football, you know, um, like we did against Notre Dame at the end of the in the game, or, or when we've seen some of the other guys come in, uh, we saw Caden Curry, Caden Curry, as lead blocker again on a touchdown run. Um, so. It's not like we don't have plays. We have plays. It's just like, I just feel like a lot of the um, routes that the offense runs are 
mid to long, you know, routes that you can't run in the red zone like that on goal line. And so it really shrinks down some of what this offense is good at. And I am all for, hear me out. I'm all for Ryan day getting creative and saying, if we're not, if we're instead of beating our heads in the wall over and over and over again, cause it's just not working. Let's try Devin Brown and do a wildcat read option <clears throat> offense with him in the red zone. We and saw other, Urban do with Tebow. And other than the fumble, it worked. Well, you know, we talk a lot about angry Ryan Day and how we yeah. like to see what that looks like. Well, creative Ryan Day is just as dangerous to me. And I, you know, what it was earlier is I, I didn't want to call the offense inept. That's the word that I was going to use and decided not to because they're they're not inept. They are capable. We just aren't seeing it. Are we going to see it against Penn State? Well, we're guys. We're going to have to wait about six more days to find out. Uh, let's answer Nick Quint's uh, Nick Quint's question here real fast. Could we see both McCord and Brown in, in on the same play? No. I think there's too much risk if you do that. You you're 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 basically playing with ten players. You're being Notre you're being Notre Dame playing with ten players. Well, there's no decoy there. There's no decoy there. When we used Todd Beckman and Terrell Pryor, there was a threat. They had to pay attention to Terrell Pryor. Yeah. Okay. There's no reason to be concerned. It's like Eric's saying, you're just using ten guys at that point. Yeah. Right. Um yeah, I would think when when one comes off, the other one comes on. It's 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 there's not gonna be a what I I just don't see a play where he puts both in and it's like uh you know, you've got Brown and then and then McCord takes a snap, but Brown's the lead block blocker for McCord. I would take Chris's option before that. I'd have Xavier Johnson back there taking yeah. a direct snap and Brown being the lead blocker before I would McCord running that football. Right. Um, For that to work, there has to be a threat. That And that that's why I brought up the, the Todd Beckman, Terrell Pryor, like, uh, what was it, 2007 the, or eight when they did that? The only way that that could work is if you see them treat Devin Brown almost like Taysom Hill down in New Orleans. He's where not they good run enough. Him out and do it, where they would run him out to a tight end position or something like that. And I'm, I agree with you, Aaron. I don't think he's a receiver. He's oh, not gosh. skilled enough. Uh, this is this is a this is a loaded question, Donald. In your opinion, is there any chance of Ohio State to become reliant on the run instead of the pass? From the way I see it, we will be married to the pass for the next couple years, and until we start be bringing in recruits to support the run game. We could do a whole show on that question, dude. There, offenses are created three years in advance, okay? That's one of the reasons why when a new coach comes in, one of the first excuses you hear is what? He's got to get his guys. His players. Right? Um, to run his offense or his style, okay? <clears throat> we are recruiting offensively. Now, I'm talking offensively. Now, we've started to do this defensively. But we, we are recruiting to Ryan Day's offense. Yes. And if you notice, the quarterbacks we have coming in are more like Justin Fields than they are what we've had recently in C.J. Stroud and now Kyle McCord 
they are more of a threat athletically than what we have currently at quarterback. Um, I don't think that is by mistake. He wants a thrower first, but I also think that Ryan Day wants someone who can escape the pocket, um, keep plays going, um, move around to create passing lanes and things of that nature. Now, that's the passing aspect of it. The running aspect of it, I think, he has taken, and again, this is, I'm opening up a whole can of worms that we don't have here. He's taken the you're not tough thing personally, and I think he's, I think he's trying to force a round, you know, round ball into a square peg. Like it's not, it's not how this team was developed through recruiting. And a lot of it is have been the failure on Ohio state's part to recruit and develop um, the linemen. They need to be a running run first team. If you watch, we're pretty good at pass blocking. If you go look at the PFF numbers, and again, I'm not big on that, um, our offensive linemen uh, get really high grades on their pass blocking. You know why? They work on it all the freaking time in practice. The seven-on-seven stuff they do is not by mistake. They are are passing the ball in practice at least 50% of the time. So they're constantly working on it. Um, so that being said, I do, I just don't see us changing our offensive scheme to become more of a run first team. Aaron, you agree with that? Yeah, I, I do agree with you a lot on that. And, you know, we've, we've talked offline here about it quite a bit. So you, you guys know how I feel, you know, we, we do need to focus more on our offensive line recruiting because we've got like. 15 five-star wide receivers in the room, but the problem is we don't have a good offensive line. So if you can't keep the quarterback upright, who's going to be able to throw the ball to these wide receivers anyway? And we're starting to go that direction. If Purdue's going to get sacks like they did on on this offensive line, what do you think Team Up North's going to do? They've got a very good defensive line and a very probably an even better offensive line. So if our DNs are struggling against, you know, teams like Purdue or whoever, <laughs> not looking good, guys. <laughs> We're not going to be able to, to hold Michigan back. Can I, let me read this comment. Uh, he says, no, completely agree on forcing the run to be tough. We are a sports car. When he calls plays via Georgia game, we look good. But for some reason, he wants to be like Jimmy up north and pound the rock. I really, I, agree. I don't agree with that. You don't? No, he's not trying to be like Jim Harbaugh. No, but I no. Well, hold on, hear me out. I think Jake's got a point here. Ryan Day has obviously heard the chirping, or he doesn't get on national TV and do what he does yeah. with in, at the end of the game. It's yeah. under yeah. his skin, guys. Okay. Yeah. Now, does that mean he wants to be like Jimmy? I don't think anybody wants to be like Jimmy, but I think he does want the the Big Ten Midwest feeling of, dude, you're a tough football team. He wants that. Well, he should. I think he wants that. He should want that because you have in this in this conference historically, you have to be able to run the ball. And right now we can't do that. And it here's, is getting at him. Here's the problem, Aaron. And, and, and Eric, you and I have talked about this for so long. 
the fact is this. We are built to win national titles. Historically, since, since Urban Meyer came in, we've made this push for speed, for being an SEC-style team. Right. We are built to win national titles. Michigan is will, built to beat Ohio State and win the Big Ten. Mm-hmm. They play the physical brand of football that is Big Ten football, whereas we have modified our game to play SEC-style football and compete with the Alabamas and the Georgias of the world. And, and here, here's the other thing about it, going back to the original question. The short answer is, will we ever be a run-first team? Not as long as Ryan Day is the, the head coach. It, it, I, it's just go. not going to happen. It's not well, as, it's not he, he is a pass guy, pass-first guy. He's a former quarterback. He, he He's in love with the pass. It's always going to be at least a 60-40 there, thing. There's nothing wrong with that. No. It, it, but if it's but who find you your are, identity and run you, with it. Yes, if it's who you are, then be the best version of yourself. This beat my head in the wall trying to create a run game that doesn't doesn't exist <clears throat> is is it helping anybody? Um yeah, so yeah, there you go. Jake said Chris summed up what I meant. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Well, the, guys problem the, with the, the problem with that, though, is is we're not even playing SEC-style football. Watch them on Saturdays. They can run the ball. They're physical as crap. We can't do that. And nor we're also not right. beating those teams. We may be built for national titles or contendership, but we're not even beating the Georges and the Bamas when we get there, and we're still not beating Team Up North. So, I mean, I'm not sure that that's all true. And this is Brian hits it. This is what Ryan Day's scared to death about. The last thing you want to do is get beat by the weather in Thank November. Thank you. But but my point is this: whether or whether there's going to be weather or not, there's a lot of weathers there. Whether there's bad weather or not in November, if you can't do the thing that you feel like you need to do in November, you can't do it. Then you're going to lose anyways. Right. So you might as well say, we're going to gamble on this and try our darndest to be the best freaking passing team there is. Because that's who we are. That's our identity. That's how we were built. This is such a huge debate. This is why I didn't want to open up these can of worms tonight. It's already 9-10. Because this this is a show <clears throat> all on its own right now. And this is the debate that's really among smart people smart football fans is happening in this fan base right now because we all see what's going on we can read between the lines we see the press conference we listen to it we watch it we hear what ryan day seeing we're seeing what they're trying to do on the field but we also see the results of the passing game versus the running game and there's another question up here that relates to this that we just don't have time to answer tonight but we're going to try to do it in two seconds anyways because we're just a glutton for punishment Nick Quint, what do you think of the running back situation? Who starts next week? Is it Chip going to be next? Um, and there was another one in here that was related to that. Um, see if I can find it. It was something about Dallin Hayden getting the start, I believe. Um, anyways, this if he's healthy, guys, they're going to start Travion Henderson, and it's because he gives you the home run threat. Mm-hmm. Yep. If he's healthy, I don't know what's going on with Mayan Williams. I heard it was because he was out of, he was overweight and he was out of shape. And they said, lose, lose the LBs or you're not playing. 
seems to be kind of what the rumor was. And then he got on the field last week and then nothing. He's hurt again, apparently. Um, Chip got freaking drilled by three Purdue guys, stood up, was running back to the sideline and collapsed. So he's in he's in concussion protocol now. So there's probably a chance. He, he's probably at least a couple weeks out, I imagine. Um, so your 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 number one option right now is gonna he's gonna go to Henderson if he can go, and Dallin Hayden's gonna be the backup. And if Henderson can't go, Dallin Hayden's your starting running back. We're right back to last season's situation. Can't keep him healthy. There's there's something going on in that running back room, and I don't like it. They're soft. I hate to say that. I, that sounds really disrespectful, but like two years in a row. Come on. Well, Eric, you said some it best. Five-star talent, two-star toughness, you know, or two-star health. I don't mean to be disrespectful whatsoever. I love the team. I love the players, but yeah. like. Okay, Brian brings up a good point. This is what I was about to say. Uh, maybe Mayan Williams has a concussion. I don't know. Like, yeah. there's something going on in, in the, the communication in that, which t- brings me back to what happened with um, Harry Miller. Yeah. When Ryan Day goes stone cold silent on something, it's something's usually because going something's going on behind the scenes that is personal to somebody. He's not going to talk about that, and, and that's the right thing to do. Yeah, and he's not going to talk about it. But there's something going on in that running back room. And no, Robert, that's not no. it, dude. Al- Alford's a good coach. Tony Alford is. Tony Alford knows yeah. what he's doing, dude. He's the real deal. Yeah, he, he absolutely knows what he's doing. There's... It's not Tony Alford. No way. Um, but, you know, you're allowed to have your opinion, Robert. That's fine. I mean, we all feel that there's somebody on this coaching staff that sucks. Me, personally, I think it's the uh, special teams coach. Why are we wasting a special, uh, a, a full-time position on a special teams coach when we could have Laurinaitis as the line, a linebacker coach out recruiting? Hmm. But that's just my two cents. And, man, we're getting By the way, a bunch Dick's of new question. guys all of a sudden here. Hey. Hayden, Hayden is not going to get redshirted this season. So. No, that's out the window. Nick, put, put, that's <laughs> out the window after the injuries. Yeah. Oh, man, this is this is good stuff. Guys, I wish we could go another hour because it, it feels like all of a sudden the last 10 minutes of the show, <laughs> it just opened up the floodgates to the discussion. We've got a lot of good stuff coming your way this week. Now, my, um, uh, my schedule at work <laughs> – Sorry, that last yeah, comment. I saw Chris, yeah. Um, yeah, he said this is Chris from the Boiler Express podcast. It's good to have you on, Chris. Uh, you'll have to go back and watch the the where we where we kind of made fun of your kicking situation. You'll enjoy that. Um, <laughs> we will have – by the way, Chris, you need to send me your address so I can send you your cigars, buddy. Uh, so I, w- I want to do that. I was, I was hoping uh, we could run into you, but I want to – You're going to send them on the cigars. choo-choo, Eric? No, they're gonna they're gonna come on the Pony Express. <laughs> they're gonna come on the Pony Express. Um, Good Lord. This week I've got a crazy work schedule, but we're gonna have an interview with uh gosh, this name's crazy for me. Beer, Bets, and Ball, the Penn State podcast, guys. <laughs> they're gonna be on. We're gonna preview Penn State. Later in the week, we will get back together to do the preview. Um, Penn State preview. So start looking for the Penn State videos about Wednesday, or, or excuse me, uh, Tuesday, and then moving forward from there, uh, we'll jump on those for you guys. So uh, this is a big, big week for us, big game. Again, 
Um, if you want to meet up with us at the tailgate this this uh, Saturday, send me a message. I'll let you know where the tailgate's located. I got to get Ryan's permission first. It's his tailgate. Um, but he wants us to come in, and he's usually pretty welcoming. The more, the merrier. Uh, so if you're coming to the game, to the shoe this Saturday for the Penn State game, and you want some place to go uh, tailgate beforehand, uh, they have breakfast and uh, adult beverages early in the morning and all kinds of good stuff for those of you who do that kind of thing. So send me a message. We'll let you know. Be on the lookout starting Tuesday night for uh, the previews for – uh, this week for Penn State and uh, enjoy the game. We will be back live Sunday night, win, lose, or draw against the Nittany Lions. Hopefully, it'll be a dub, and we can uh, complain of more about more things that didn't go well, but still celebrate a victory. How about that, guys? Works hey, for me. Eric, you know it did go well. There was actually an official on that field on Saturday or Saturday at uh, Purdue. Yes, and, and she had the stones to actually make a call when it needed called. She was that? good. She was great. She was a great official. That the female a- African American female official that they had uh, in that group in that group. Can she, we get her for every game? Because she, she knew was what good. she was doing. She, she was called, killer. She called some against Ohio State too, and she was right. I yeah. mean, she yeah, but she didn't just. She wasn't. Yeah, I, I, there's been too many missed calls. I didn't see a ton of missed calls Saturday. I didn't either. I no. felt that that was a really good, uh, really good crew there. Um, and she was great. Um, well, there, there was a celebrity on the sideline, too. I forgot to mention. Yeah, the girl who does the um, videos with the Big Ten team shirts and the NFL shirts, the blonde. She's on She's on Twitter, does a lot of that. And on, uh, Oh, yeah, with the six-inch sole shoes, yeah. like, all along yeah. the bottom. Yeah, she <laughs> was on the sideline. Yeah, that, that was interesting. Um, but, um, hey. Enjoy your week, everybody. Check out our YouTube channel. Get all those videos for you guys this week as we preview Penn State. Until next time, be kind to one another. I owe someone's OH. Sing Carmen, Ohio with all your heart. OH. I owe. I owe. There <laughs> it is. Bucks.